And welcome back, you monsters, to Podcorn and a Movie. This is a podcast where we do mini-series on different genres, subgenres, themes, or whatever we feel like doing. And this mini-series for our third annual Spooky October, we are covering Universal Studios' classic monsters. In this episode, we are covering 1933's The Invisible Man, Directed by James Whale and starring Claude Rain. And this episode is our 100th movie we've ever covered. It's not our 100th episode, but, in, you know, including episodes where we doubled or tripled or even sometimes did 10 in one. Uh, this is the 100th podcast or podcorn in a movie pod yeah review covered movie yes yes Yes. on our lists um yes and i am your host david Gio, with my co-host chase lano and stephen dillard the invisible man yeah yeah applause for the we've reached our hundredth hundredth movie that we've covered so this is this is cool and what a what a good movie to uh to talk about in 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 lieu of that Yes. And we've we've been doing this for what, four years in November, three, four, I guess. Yeah, if we've done three of these and we started in a November, then I guess then it, it would have to be, be our fourth year. Wow, that's wow. crazy. That's that's a kind of a little milestone. Yeah, I think it it, uh, it starts our fourth year rather. Yes, it's um, not like exactly four years. Right? It is, I think. No, I it know. is. If it well, starts, no, it, it couldn't be. I don't know. <laughs> it's, um, but um, but um, let's start out with our uh, initial. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll go well, first. Okay. With, again, so, this yeah, is this is uh, again a Steve one that he's only seen, or did you see this before, Dave? No, I've never seen this. You've never seen this. Okay. Yeah. Do you uh, remember so... your first viewing, Steve? Or uh, no. And again, this is this probably falls in with um. It, when I was a child, it was one of my least favorites, which is just crazy to think about now. Um, but then a couple years ago, again, uh, I'm referencing the Halloween I, I was in the previous episodes. Uh, I, I rewatched like the big, the big eight, I guess, horror movies or the Universal Monster movies. And I rewatched Invisible Man and I was blown away. Um, and the same experience every time I watch this movie, it's. It's fantastic. Um, more people should talk about this movie. Uh, yeah. It's just so much. It's just so much fun, and it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, what were your what were your all's initial initial responses? Uh, okay. So someone who's coming in as we watched, or I watched the Mummy. We were doing this back to back pretty much. We watched the Mummy yesterday, and. Uh, I liked it. I think it was more paced than The Mummy, which I was really excited about. Uh, did not expect how many uh, death counts there were going to be. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Massacre. a lot more. Yeah, I thought, uh, and this is not like going into too much detail, but I do think that this is where we get into like crazy scientist levels than uh, where Frankenstein kind of introduced that. Like I feel like this is way more crazy scientists than Frank or Harry Frankenstein was. I don't know about Victor Frankenstein, but 
Henry, wasn't it Henry? Or it was, was Henry. It, it was. It was. Ah, uh, it was um, Henry. You're right. It was Henry. It's Henry. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they're both equally mad scientists levels, but I think one of them has their shit together a little bit more than the other. Yeah. I'd say so. Uh, Dave, what was your initial um initial thoughts? Well, so you guys watched this like uh like several hours before me, but right after you watched it, you were just talking about how crazy it was. I don't want to say you overhyped it, but when I was watching it, I was like. Well, this isn't as crazy as I expected, but he does get progressively crazier in like the last 20 minutes or so. He just goes like, you know, rampage. Yeah, it's it's a once. Yeah. Once he he like leaves. The house that he was uh, staying at his friend's house, um, he just goes crazy, I guess. And he did that did kind of live up to the 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 hype you guys gave it. Yeah. So it's like, what, what was so wild about this? But that he like kills, you know, who knows how many people. With 100 that and, it was yeah. like At least it's 100 on the train and then 20 people from a search party. And then there's the three does it people. Does it say yeah, that they in do the say newspapers that. or yeah, whatever or in the radio reports? Yeah, yeah. the radio um, reports it says 100 in the train. 100, yeah. 100 in the train accident, 20 in the search party. And then we see him. Yeah, like how long physically. do you think he was just pushing people off the cliff at that search party? At least an hour. Like, yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, huh? He's like, don't go near it. He's like, what's yeah. going on? Um, yeah. But yeah, I I definitely major step up from the mummy in terms of like pacing and just, I guess, in unique storytelling too. Yeah. Because no matter what, like all of these movies just have this weird familiarity about like once you're watching it you're watching like a universal studios classic monster movie like there's like there's and we've been defining them but there's just definitive things that seem to be in all of these like um like i notice like it's it's often even though our main character um describes himself you know that he was poor and everything later on in the movie but everything else that he's surrounded by like his girlfriend and his girlfriend's dad are are really well off. And I feel like that seems to be like every character in every movie we've covered so far, they're all like living in mansions and like, I don't know. And then there's again, there's just a doctor that's like a main character in every single movie. Like for some reason, like, I, I don't know. It's, I guess they go hand in hand with monsters. Um, but not to say this movie did feel like very unique outside of that, like feeling of like, huh, like these all do feel of a piece with each other, but this, the story itself felt very fresh compared to kind of everything we've been dealing with. Um, and cause really his monster is just like a madman and we haven't necessarily dealt with that at all. Uh, and yeah, I I really really enjoyed this one. Um, I guess I'll 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 place it compared to the others later. But yeah, let's do that later. It's well, it's, we'll, it's high up for sure. Um, we'll grind it out here. But I uh, some things I like about this movie. It gets started right away. Um, what is it? The uh, is it the the lamb in the lamb's yeah, head in lamb's head in. Mm-hmm. 
Are you disagreeing with me, or is that the name? Was that the name yeah. of it? Was it? I'm, it was? I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a chase and just blindly. Yeah, just head in. Okay, but anyway, I do like. I think it's the lion's head. Is it the lion's head in? Oh, we can look it up. Mm. I'm looking uh, it up now. The Invisible Man. But uh, so right away he starts off. We have a stranger walks into this um, this inn, and I think he's kind of uh, he's off putting right away because he's got he's wrapped in bandages. He's got the hat on. Uh, he's got the glasses, uh, and I like his. He walks with kind of an aggression and uh, a. Uh, he, he like walks with a mission, whereas you get Dracula who kind of walks slowly and is very controlled. And then Frankenstein was kind of lethargic and clumsy. Um, the invisible man walks with purpose. And there's something to me that's because uh, he can't see it because he can't. <laughs> well, there's also a, I, I don't know if you guys I, I know, Dave, you've been usually going and doing a little bit of research about like the times and everything. But uh I did find this really cool fact about Claude Rains. So, uh, first of all, he was not the first choice. He actually, they pretty much had to beg him to come on. Or uh, they were trying to get the studios to allow him on. Uh, he did a screen test that is considered one of the worst screen tests uh, Universal's ever had. And the only reason that... Uh, he actually got the role was he was already pretty well known for being a theater actor that was like going good. into like different uh, theater classes and teaching people and all that stuff. I think one of his prodigies was like Lawrence Livier and all that. But uh, he also had a speech impediment and in World War wow. One damaged his vocal cords, like permanently damaged it to have more of a like a tenor voice. And that's why they wanted him was they already knew they weren't going to have a lot of him on the screen, like visually. And they wanted to have an actor that actually had good, like vocal presence. So yeah, they which hired him for does. just that. And does, yes, he had no idea how little he was going to be shown in the movie as well as he was like insanely claustrophobic. So anytime they had to do the wrappings and everything, he was extremely uncomfortable throughout the entire process. Which probably helped with the role, I would imagine, or at least his portrayal of the character. So I think that when you were saying that he kind of gives off this, like, what did you say, class or this? Uh, he walks like a swagger. Yeah. yeah. It's probably because he's trying to, like, what, 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 what's the word? perform or project as much as he can with his movements of the story yeah. then and and i do think like you said that it seems like he like theater was his main thing so like that was what he was known for like in and what i read was that his his screen it wasn't a screen test for this it was just like an audition tape like that he had had and like the way he defends it is he's like i didn't really know how like movies worked you know like and i was like projecting like theater and everything um and then they actually had him come in for like a screen test that uh that the director what i read really liked it like he was like i really like this guy oh, like okay. we should get him um but he was like the studio was arguing against him like he was an unknown and they didn't want him and uh he was like barely you know pulling in money from theater anymore um well, it's funny. And... They do bring up that they wanted uh, 
Boris Karloff. But yeah, he was, was attached to this movie for like four years. This movie sounds like it had a very troubled production. Like it was conceived in 1931 and they immediately went to Karloff in, in Wales to direct and him to star. And, uh, and only they four... chose Frankenstein instead. Um, and it just kept happening. Like there's so many writers. When I was reading the the pre-production on this, there was like seven or eight writers attached oh and gosh. a couple like the the writer of uh the mummy was like at one point like writing this whole thing and uh i, I read like one person handed in uh a script and was like immediately fired <laughs> by what? universal like afterwards it was so bad or something but um yeah i don't know it, odd it's... that it was because it is um the novel came out not even 40 years before this it was hg wells um and he uh, in 1897 he had final say of the yeah script. when they when he signed it over like that was a also part of an part issue of with the with the script it was that every time someone wrote you know a treatment and then like he had to like look at it and be like okay like i like this um and the final guy that ends up writing the screenplay it seems like he they got along like uh like well like he liked his take on it um cuz universal also bought another book um it's like the invisible murders or something but it's not uh it has nothing to do with hg wells or the invisible man and they were like they liked the murder aspect of it like they thought it was like you know more of a thriller or whatever and um they liked how he was kind of deranged in that um but they i guess they kind of just ended up dropping most of that because hg wells was just like no nah, i don't like it this is which is probably one of my favorite aspects of this movie is a slow descent into madness as the film progresses. Um, because uh, to be to begin with, I don't think he's that crazy at first. It's like you see a slow progression of him slowly losing his mind because the reason why he goes to the lion's head end to begin with is to work on a cure for his condition to reverse it. Um, so I, I I always appreciate in stories looking at uh, and then and this is a quick flick. I mean, what is this one? An hour and is an hour and fifteen? I don't even it's know. It's seventy one minutes. Seven. So, so an, hour an hour and, and 11. eleven minutes. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I like the I like the progression of of evil. And it's also down. the the lion's head in or the lion's, lion's yeah, head it is the lion's yeah. head. The lion's yeah. head pub and in is the name of it. Um, no, the Lions Head Pub Inn. This is our our uh, director James Whale is back, previously directing Frankenstein and the Bride of Frankenstein, and then uh, this is kind of his outro from the, at least the big Universal monsters because he doesn't. Well, the Bride is right because it's still after the Bride this. is after this. Yes, correct. Sorry, um, thank you for that correction. Well, this was uh, I thirty three. You said he did a uh, Frankenstein, right? Uh, right, else? Frankenstein, and then this movie, and then The Bride of Frankenstein. So this movie was successful. It was the second highest successful uh, release, uh, I believe, Universal had. The top running is Frankenstein. So having two of your biggest films be same actual, director. Yeah, same director, I feel like it's a good way to end. Like, and also, yeah, and also just being in the same genre, it's just helping kind of, like, build up this whole, like, yeah, we're going, I don't know, all these 
all these firsts that we're watching are just building like years and years and years of content of yes. horror, you know, whether or not they go downhill or whatever. Like we have one example of, uh, you know, a, a sequel surpassing, but I think that's probably it in the series. Right. Yeah. Um, important to note, this did spawn, uh, five. if you look on letters box, it's, it's five, but, um, what comes next would be the invisible man returns then the invisible woman invisible agent uh the invisible man's revenge and then you have uh abbott and costello meet the invisible man which uh some might not count as uh canon but uh jane or uh, sorry not james will um claude rains never reprises his role to my knowledge i'm looking through his filmography he plays in another monster movie which we're going to cover he plays in two more um to my immediate knowledge and that's the wolfman he's he's not the the main um the main guy but he's he's an important player in that and then he of course in 1943 uh he is the phantom in the remake of phantom of the opera i i so, i'm assuming he doesn't reprise because of that claustrophobia cuz from what i read it, it seemed like he really had an issue especially like one of the shots at the end where it's like you slowly see him coming back to human form. Uh, they apparently had to do a whole cast around his face for it. And that was like an eight hour process that he was like, it was my worst nightmare. So He's I wonder a, whether or not. And that I wonder was the case. if he was actually doing the acting for this, but like for a lot of the special effects, it was like they were in a dark room, like that was all like dark black velvet, I'm pretty sure. And then. He would be wearing like the velvet, his clothes, yeah, and then like every you know, every bit of his skin was covered in the black velvet to give the illusion that the clothes were floating. Um, and I wonder if he had to be the person for that because that sounds like it would be like I don't know, it's a freaky experience. Um, Claude Raids, too, is just he has a very impressive early career. Um, he was kind of hot out the gates, but he was, I mean. He was in a Hitchcock movie. Uh, Notor- this is a little bit later, Notorious in 1946, but Lawrence of Arabia in 60, 62. He has a, he has a career. That, I mean, he was in Casablanca in 42. He was in The Wolfman before that. He was in you know the, the Robin Hood, uh, one of the many Robin Hood movies. Um, but yeah, not- notable actor. Did you know um, our leading lady is the old lady in Titanic? No way. 100%. Gl- uh, Gloria Gloria Stewart. Uh, yeah. the, not not the uh, she she's like the his girlfriend, right? Yes. In this? Yes, okay. yes, his girlfriend. Or uh, I I didn't know. Yeah. yeah I was going to say it, it took a while to find her on IMDb and, and like she's at the end of the cast and I was like I guess she's in it less than most people in this movie. Like I don't Gloria know like Stewart. The, the woman that works at the inn gets more screen time than her. Um, Which is another, uh, re- we get a repeat a character, a yeah, reoccurring character. Wait, Who's... I want to ask you guys, who is the recurring character from Dracula? No, we said no, it was from it uh, was... another James Whale movie. It's, uh, it's it was, uh, uh, Una, I, I Una... swear you said Dracula. You know, we were um... with, well, that might you might have got mixed up when I was talking about, uh, the connection with, uh, Eddie Van Sloan, who's in, uh, who's a doctor in both. Anyway, it's, uh, Uno O'Connor is in The Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, and the Invisible Man. It's the annoying uh, yeah, playing lab. playing the same person, same person. basically, basically like, the same person. Definitely exactly. typecasted as a hysterical old lady. Uh, but yeah, the I I like I like that. That's like a a a thing we're gonna 
you know, or we're continuing to see is like all these recurring cast people, uh, cast members. Cause, uh, I think someone else in this, uh, Constable Jaffers, E.E. E. Clive, he's, he's the burger master in the Pride of Frankenstein. Oh my gosh. Wait, no, no, I, I think he's the burger master and the, because that was two different actors. Uh, I think it's just the Frank, uh, the first Frankenstein. We also have For- no, Forrester. We have Forrester Harvey, who's going to be in uh, the Wolfman as well. And Forrester Harvey was Herbert Hall in the Invisible Man. It's great, it's great. We're just getting, we're getting to see uh, all Everything. these like character actors from the thirties. Yeah. And then um, you did say, I don't know if you just said this one. I miss uh, Holmes Herbert is in the Invisible Man and Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, which came out a year, no, just a year before. Uh, okay, well he, yeah, he came out. He was in that movie, which just came out two years prior, um, and that was the chief of police and the Invisible Man. That that guy was also in. Um, Steve, have Dr. you Jekyll. seen all the Invisible Mans or no? No, I've seen this one and the remake. All right, and like the and and I've seen Hollow Man. Because I was going to ask, kind of a... is it is it all different? Like, is it the same? It's not the same guy. I'm I'm assuming it's all different people, but they all do the same like. From what I read, they're all different from this movie. I don't know if they eventually connect with each other, but I think that they're not uh, in relation to this movie at all. There's a a Dr. Frank Griffin in the second movie, but there is no Jack Griffin who would be our Invisible Man in this movie. Um, At least not in the sequel. There could be... his son, perhaps, or something? Perhaps. uh, But then even... uh, Yeah, I'm trying to find just his name in any of the sequels, and it doesn't appear that... Uh, well, his name doesn't matter. He's the Invisible Man. That's all he is. <laughs> the original... I mean, well, we know the other movies included Invisible Man, but I thought well, you yeah. were asking, is it the original Invisible Man? It, uh, it doesn't appear Well, that I'm assuming he, this is. That right? anybody, I mean, uh, they've, done, they've definitely done Invisible People in film before this, but this is the best of... What they yeah, do, it's incredible. Right? The effects in this in this film are still just, like I said, fantastic. I think it's yeah. I don't know. There, a lot can go. There's you can do a lot to look with, at and watch. You could do a lot with like fishing wire and and magnets to really sell a product. Yeah, and I was uh, I was I was just telling Dave this earlier, but I feel like it's uh, it's how I felt when I learned cheap camera tricks as a kid. I was like, I'm making an entire movie about making people disappear because I just figured out on a camera how to make people disappear. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, just press pause, have the person move, make sure the camera's still in the same position and then hit record again and they're gone. Ooh. And when I was like eight years old, I, I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And so I made an entire movie about people disappearing. And I feel like it was, it just made me feel this warmth of like, Oh, like they discovered something in the thirties, probably a little bit beforehand um, this, you know, cause I've seen a movie from, the early 1900s uh, where they used like it was the the four troublesome heads where the uh, the magician's taking his head off. So I've seen like, yeah, we've seen tricks like this, yeah, but um, I don't know actually if there has been invisible men before. I don't know if there has been, movie. but this I think because this, this was impressive like, was like a really groundbreaking. Uh, I don't know. Technology movie, like special effects movie. I agree. Uh, I agree. But, uh, <laughs> we all go silent. I thought Dave was uh, adding something. No, um, 
I was just saying, like, I'm, you know, I just feel like this movie is notorious for, like, being the first of, like, a lot of new things that people hadn't seen before. Um, well, this is also, it, it and I, we talked about this, I believe, in Frankenstein, where I said, uh, it's interesting that they went with a monster approach to kind of make it not grounded so people aren't freaked out. But this, like, this is where you start getting into, like, serial killer stuff. Like, this is you have a, a person that you can't like see that is just a normal, regular man that is crazy and is going to kill whoever he wants. And it's like, this is, this is, like, the first time you're starting to get into more, like, realistic terms. With just, it, one... just, like, more psycho. Yes. like Because, like, most of our characters are a means to an end. Like, it's Dracula is, like, doing it just because he's just a freak. You know, like bloodsucker guy. Frankenstein is just accidentally like fumbling into people or strangling them. When the mummy just wants it. his wife. Yeah, and it like this guy is just like, uh, I'm gonna take over the world because I'm invisible. Like, which but is like I said at the beginning, it's he like wants a really to... funny leap. Uh, Had they no, just? Left I don't him... think the beginning is suggesting. I I think the beginning is him like wanting to be left alone so he can cure it. But I don't think he's resisting his grand illusions of like, now that like, I know how to become a visible, like it, as when he's, Oh distra- yeah. He's planning on using this again is what. Yeah. Is what and like, saying. yes, oh, I, I, and I, I, I don't think like, I don't know, like his decline is as, as slow as, as you kind of say, but. I, I don't know. I, I think like I think he wouldn't have gone as crazy if he figured it out first, but he really does go from like stop bringing me soup to like <laughs> you know like running back to his bud and being like, all right, you're my henchman now. My I plan guess I say is slow to, like, decline because trains off the road. And, like, yeah, that's like the difference though. Is like at the beginning, it's like he's pushing bicycles, and it's like by by yeah. the end of the movie, he's literally like switching a train track. And like the train is, I, mean, I, I don't know. To yeah, me, but he says he's gonna do that. I know, like, I know. Right I, away, I that. like that's but, like part of his like imagination of like, oh, what should we do first? He's like, maybe I'll strangle, you know, the guy at the train stops. Well, so let me ask you a question: Is when he goes to the lion's head, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the night that he turns invisible and realizes he needs to make a cure, or is that like later? Like, are we already, he, like, pretty well? He says, in? um, I feel like I just got to look at who it is. Because I know the doctor's talking um, about how they've been gone for a month, but we so also don't know if there was a Yeah, it's jump. Dr. Kemp. So when he's talking to Dr. Kemp, he says, like, I left because I didn't want you to see. He was like, I was slowly disappearing. So I think it was happening in bits, maybe. And, like, he left, like, to, and I think, per. I almost want to say it's still happening at the inn. Um, that he's not fully invisible yet, because that's why he, he takes he off his bandages tuff, at that. That's one why point. he has tufts of hair coming out. No, he took off a wig. Oh, he, he does. Yeah, he does off. take off a wig. But I was gonna say the only the evidence to support that is that at the one, and it could just be the effect wasn't perfected. But the one time you can kind of see an outline of his face is the first time he takes off the bandages after the time where she sees him eating. You can yeah. see like you can the, almost see like a hand drawn jawline, and I mean whether it's a mistake or not, I kind of like it because I mean if it's if we're assuming that if we're assuming he's yeah. mid transition and that he hasn't gone completely invisible yet. Uh, but I think 
it was rather quick. Like that time frame is like quick. Like because I think he I'm like, sure. I'm he sure. left because he was like, you know, I don't want to have to explain to anyone. His like goal is to just be invisible in peace and so that he could cure himself so that then he could. And I like the whatever. I like the implications too that you never really hear about uh, are of being like invisible. Like he talks about it a little bit later. I'm jumping a little bit further ahead, but eating or eating food and then a food like uh, he's like, you know, I need an hour because the food will be visible within my stomach. And then he's, you know, if I'm if I'm walking through a dirty city or whatever, and it's like I can get soot on me, and you'll be able to see an outline of me if I'm walking in a fog. You'll see a bubble. You'll see a you know, I'll appear like a bubble. Uh, the stair thing is, I, I, I found super interesting. Yeah. Um, because he's like, you know, it's, it's far harder to walk up and down stairs when you don't, when you can't see your, your feet, feet, which is just, I don't know. It's, it was fun to think about that because, um, in this other invisible, which is only a couple other invisible movies I've seen, I guess, but in comparison to those few, um, I don't know if they observe like the psychology of it, like this doesn't, it doesn't in just a scene. I get it. We don't spend a lot of time with it, but I like it because then my mind wanders like, oh, this guy's got to think about a lot of different things. Um, And the cops bring up some points, too, where he's like, oh, you know, we're going to spray him with ink or whatnot. I I think that's like such I don't know, thinking of this as being the first of its kind. I mean, obviously, it's based on source material, too. Like it's based on a book. And from the sounds of it, there's. I don't know what the other book they got the rights to is actually about an invisible man, but um, but it's cool to think like, I don't know, of them like coming up with creative ways of like, I don't when you come up with like a thing like the invisible man, it's fun to be like, well, how do you catch an invisible man? And then like all the different things that they do, like just walk with a net across the room. Well, you know? like, I like yeah, the right, chain, like when they all chain together. I'm well, like, the, That's the, a chain, smart move. the chain, the chain one is, is, is it's like, so good in theory yeah. until it's, yeah. until he like bops one guy on Bop, the head yeah. and he starts freaking out because he can't see. And it's like once he's faced with the reality of like. There's invisible man around here. You get kind of scared. But I, I swear, like, if one person just had the balls to, like, lunge forward and tackle, like, it would have been a, you know, a whole different story. I do like that they're doing their, uh, in, in in this film, we get more creative problem solvers. Because I think in Frankenstein, you get kind of the primitive village people who are just like, burn him. Burn, burn him to that. the ground. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I kind of want to know. Got the guy's collect. backstory, the uh, the main constable guy, or because uh, he just was like, I can catch anything, including an invisible he's man. Al- yeah, he's almost yeah. like Robert Shaw from Jaws. It, yeah, he's like, I'll catch like, this invisible what's man. What's this guy's you know deal? Um, and he <laughs> did he have a pretty, before? he had a pretty good plan uh, with the prison thing, except I don't know, didn't Another work coming- out at all. Another common thread we've gotten is just the 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 villagers. We've gotten villagers and every yeah, single <laughs> it, it <laughs> like feels a, like the the community gets really involved with a lot of this stuff. Like Absolutely. Well, um, it was like one of those old town inns that you see in like westerns, like a saloon in a way. That made me I, kind of think of like when did bars did, kind of become like It did feel saloony for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just And I'm like, where it, are we? Like it's like I don't know. It just felt like this village just had this one bar that everyone went to. Everyone went to. And it felt really like, uh, I don't know, you know, Spielberg's like such a fan of classic, classic films and everything. But for some reason, his his first entering the bar 
when everyone like looks over at him and you can feel like it's a cold winter day outside, but it's kind of warm inside that it really did feel like Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indy first comes into Miriam's bar. Um, I don't know. I was like, I feel like he was inspired by this for some reason. This movie is very um, theatrical. Uh, yeah. There, there's a couple shots that are interesting that I, um, there's the dart shot. And I don't know if you guys just remember from what I'm saying, but there's the scene where when he first walks in and this guy's going to throw a dart. And, and they're the at camera an angle? Is, yeah. And it looks yeah. so weird. And I love it because it's a, uh, from what I've read is just like James whale, James whale used these universal monster movies to experiment with, with his, uh, with his DP, uh, to experiment with different shots. So it's, it's kind of him like figuring this out. And again, it's like nobody at this time, it's like, you have that creative freedom. Cause like, nobody's telling you, no, you can't do this. It's like, yeah, yeah. Try whatever, you know, we're, we're making a movie about an invisible man. So yeah, yeah. Do do what you want. Uh, but I, I do like the way this movie is shot. I, th- um, I think special effects aside, um, it's a fun, it's a fun watch, but it's just, it's, it's beautiful. I like it. it it's, it's kind of interesting. Of the, I'm a fan of the little sets, like the little village set, you know, when he's going through the village wreaking havoc. Uh, yeah. Again, yeah. it's a difference to, from last week or from last episode last night, uh, was, just how not claustrophobic this movie felt like we got like these kind of big sets and these like i don't know like when they're surrounding the barn at the end it felt like real and like when they're when they're going like in his house anytime they're yes. in his friend's house it doesn't feel too shut in or or yeah. tight it feels yeah open and <clears throat> and honestly i this is like completely jumping subjects i don't know why uh saying honestly but the these special effects, like, did you guys feel like anything was lacking there? Like, I, I honestly, it was like, I, it's like never. Chase, Chase and I were saying, really. like, like, I've seen movies from the seventies and eighties where you can see the strings, and it's yeah. like, I, I can't there see. Was, and I, I know there was the a strings. You know, there had to have been a shit ton shit, of string yeah, work. Yeah, like, a ton of wire work. I'm sure there was um, a lot of like. I'm sure there was a lot of that, like we were talking about earlier, where it's you have like a painted background and maybe somebody that's in like a black all black suit who's like moving objects to make it look like it's floating. But yeah. I can't I can't see an outline of a person. Even like when he's unwrapping his head, it's I it's you, almost I don't haunting know how accurate look- this is, but it's like him underneath it with a like a frame, like a wire frame that he's unwrapping around and they're shooting around so you never see the frame. Um and then they touch it up in post, which I don't even know what the hell that means. I know that there is like two months of post on this for which is probably a, special a effects. long time for them back, um, back back in the day. The budget for this movie, by the way, was three hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I don't um, know what and it money did, that and it is. did, and uh, then compare because so to compare it to Frankenstein's budget, which was James Whale's first. James Whale was given drum roll drum roll um he was given oh i can't even it might not have uh he was given 291 so it's 100 100 yeah so he was given a little less uh for frank frank so he's given a little bit more to work with um i'd imagine a lot of this is is well like you just said dave how much of this was actually done in post i imagine a lot of it was done in camera which is uh yeah, they were very secretive about their special effects, I guess, while they were doing it, and I don't know. There was um, one shot, the uh, special effects artist, He, uh, it's a scene where he's taking his bandages off in front of a mirror, 
and you're seeing the stuff come off on a mirror as well. Uh-huh. He said that was the most difficult shot he's ever worked oh, in Hollywood sure. because it was like six different like matte layers, layers yeah. that he had to piece together oh, for gosh. it to sell. And he's like, I spent probably, I don't know the time frame, but he spent so long just trying to perfect that less than like three second clip, which is insane. Yeah. Do you think like audience members are literally ooing and eyeing? Yes. Absolutely. I think, they, I think like, you have to be, especially with the pajama dancing scene, like when he's in his pajamas or like when he's chasing the woman down the down the dirt road in just the his pants. Song, yeah. It's like yeah. Or, or even in the beginning, like uh I, I think that is uh like it, when he's it, just wearing the the top, the Yeah. The or like when he's when he's those are the best they do bits that. where he has like some just like one layer of clothing on. Yes, but I like when they're – it was like they shot, you know, kind of upward uh, angle at him, and when he's taking it – and you can kind of see up his nostrils, and um, there's, one of the there's nothing, shots there's nothing there. Yeah, but it's a haunting image because he looks kind of like a, a skull. It looks like a skull as he's unwrapping the, uh-huh. the bandages, and I don't know. You know make I just that think up. it all looks so good. It's all very satisfying. Uh, yeah. There's a sequence in this movie that uh, it's funny because you brought up last week uh, Simpsons, right? Uh-huh. Um, there is a sequence in this movie that made me think of an episode of Batman animated series, and I wonder if they took it from this. But uh, if you've seen the Joker's Laughing Fish episode, there's this whole thing of the Joker threatens this guy that he's going to murder him exactly at midnight. So yeah, everyone's okay. like protecting him and everything. I'm wondering if that concept was taken from this. Like, was this yeah. the first time we... Because it's great. I think it, it's the closest to we get for, like... I don't know. It, it seems like a modern-day idea that we see so much nowadays that it's just surprising that someone... Uh, yeah, giving someone a deadline yes. that yeah. uh, you're looking forward to. In creates abso- a lot of tension, abso- too. Absolutely, too, because that really is, like, the ending of this movie of, like... It's just him being petty and being like, I'm going to kill you tomorrow at 10. And then he's but like, I got to escape the police for now. <laughs> I'm going to make you think about it. I'm going to make you think you're fine. Yeah, which is get away that with guy, it. like, Kemp really, Dr. Kemp really, like, loses his mind. Like, he's like, you got to, you guys aren't doing anything. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> all right, buddy, you know, like, he's going to kill a lot of people. So we're not that worried about you. So Chase asked this earlier on, and it was like, well, it, maybe we'll, we'll revisit the question again, but we're at the midpoint, I feel like, in the miniseries, is what monster scares you the most? And I said this to both of the guys today. I said, it's if this invisible man existed, the, that idea is terrifying to me. Uh, yeah. Just because of somebody that's, like, lost their mind but is also invisible. Um, I was thinking... with the. Go ahead. Yeah, you can finish. Oh, I mean, I was pretty much done. Just the, just the combination of him, of him, you know, losing slash have lost his mind and and being invisible uh, is a scary combination. Um, yeah, I, I was just thinking like when they're doing the montage of like everyone listening to the report, like of what's happening and it's showing like everyone's reactions. And I feel like it goes to like a schoolhouse or an orphanage or something. And there's a bunch of kids just listening to it. And I was like, yeah, like, I guess if you do put all of the monsters on the radio, like, there's a Frankenstein walking around, you know, okay, or yeah. Frankenstein's monster. I could outrun like, that guy. 
Yeah, if you like talk about any of this stuff like on the radio, it's like at, at the very least, it's like, well, I can see this guy and you know, run away from him or whatever. But when people are like, there's a town being terrorized by uh a an invisible man. <laughs> yeah, they're like and a man who has achieved visibility by science. Like they say something like that, like via science. And it just like that really is like the biggest boogeyman of all times. It's like and it, and it's repeated in this movie several times, which I love. Like what it is uh he, he could be in this room right now. Like nobody characters right now. They're he could be in this room right now. The paranoia and, and, that comes with that. We haven't had this before. Like you see Dracula and his bat form coming, or you see the big Frankenstein's monster lumping down the street. But like you said, you don't see this guy coming. Yeah. Or go the idea that he could just be in this room right now. Uh he could be on this podcast with us right now. We don't we, we have no idea. Steve, I have a special guest blowing, for you today. I'm blowing my vape smoke all around me. <laughs> um what was it gonna say? Uh Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you were you were talking about all the kids listening in on the radio and that terrifying yeah. concept of uh of just how he's just someone... scary in general. Um, I feel like you were going towards something. You were you were you were heading towards a point. Um, no, I mean that was the point with the with the kids is that I was just thinking he is like the ultimate boogeyman that you can't see. Um, and then I was and then I mentioned that you know I I obviously like uh how they're like he could be in this room right now i i think you know where my brain i was like in my head like how many times was he in the room when a character said that and i don't never, know if we ever never, know that never yeah but i or, like the paranoia we don't know we don't know yeah and i like the paranoia that comes with that because uh because we don't know where he is from the entire planning of uh like catching him from using Dr. Kemp as bait. The last time we see him, we see the fence door open and he's like, yeah, oh, that's it. Go outsmart and then, me. And then you don't, we don't see him. We don't see him ever. <laughs> we don't see him again. Until he's in the car. car. Then, right? You have, well, you he, have, he explains what he did. Yeah. He's yeah, like, but I drove I don't on know the, if he, he actually followed him and everything. I felt like, or he did he just, just, said, just sit in the car? And he's like, Oh, he's in a police outfit. Maybe he'll come back. But I don't know. What I was going to, I know because he knew he got changed and everything. Yeah, he's like, I was standing right next to you when you changed in, into that coat. You just yeah, never I think seen that he him. Was... I don't know how you would how he would get away with that to enter like everything without anyone noticing. Because he's invisible. Invisible. I don't know. That seems that seems, <laughs> that seems too far fetched. I don't believe uh, in no invisible man. What is he? But no, say? I was gonna say that uh, there, there's even there's even moments where where characters because they say on the radio they're like uh, we're getting reports of the invisible man being in a hundred different places and the one guard after the cat knocks off that that uh, that material they have that little dust stuff they yeah. have on top of the wall he I didn't get what like, the hell they were saying at first like I wasn't picturing a wall I was like. Are they referring to a wall as the floor or something? Yeah, like, no. I, I well, put I, it I, on top of the wall, and I was like, "How does something go on top of a wall?" I wasn't picturing like a wall outside of the building. <laughs> but they, um, even in that scene, the guy's like, "I felt him breathe down my neck," and we know yeah. for a fact he wasn't even. He wasn't, yeah. he wasn't even. Yeah. So now I like that you probably have, and I don't know how what the percentage is, but you might have calls out there coming from people's trash cans falling over because of a raccoon. And they're like, the invisible man's outside. He's outside yeah. my house. It's and all I, chaos. I, I love that. Well, uh, when the, 
when the old man goes to him, the guy, the guy's like, well, what do you want me to do about it? Like, he's like, you know, we need people surrounding that place. Um, no, it's not, it's not the old man. It's when Kemp calls the police and he's like, the invisible man is here. And I think he's like, well, what do you want me to do? I'm all alone here. And it's yeah, like, yeah. This is, this is the guy the radio is talking about that you have like a hunting party out for. Like, get him over here. Um, but ah, what was I going to say? The the other thing that I liked in this movie, and it doesn't last for very long because I guess as soon as the other like inspector is killed, they're like the whole world is taking it seriously all of a sudden. But I like when the radio first reports it. It's like a whole town is being infected with like madness and it's they're all reporting an invisible man. And it's like. <laughs> That's how the rest of the country explains what's going on in this town. They're like, like they're just crazy. There must be like some disease that's spreading. Where that's where George A. Romero got his idea for Night of the Living Dead. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this, this is from this movie uh, or from the book, maybe. No, I I I do like that. Um, continuing, I love that scene. If we're speaking on that scene where the cops come in on him, um, and he goes to Kemp, and he, you know, Kemp tries to play it off for, at first, and. He's like, why was the door locked, Kemp? And he's like, because yeah. I'm afraid. If I was invisible, would you not? Would you not be startled? And he's like, there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, I I like how he presents as a character who's asking questions here, and he knows the answer to. It's like he's like, he's kind of a little bit hurt. He's like, I thought you were. We were buds. We were going to take over the what world. You, what do you mean you're afraid yeah. of me? Uh, yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. Like, but... Why was the door locked? Why was trying to catch him in a lie at that point. Well, let's, see it. let's be yeah. honest. He, he, he pretty much has gone to an inn, got kicked out there, gone crazy, and he's like, I'm going to go to my old friend oh. camp. And I'm just gonna like take him hostage. Doesn't his house even... is gonna be my house. I'm gonna do my laboratory stuff. Yeah, he really he doesn't, doesn't even let him, you know. <laughs> he doesn't like give an option, but yeah. he doesn't even present it as something of like I'm not giving you an option. It's more of he presents it like I'll just tell him about this and he'll be in. Like, he's like, I'm not dude, even gonna I think. can make yeah. you invisible. Yeah. And then in you his mind, he's like, he's like, he's gonna be sold on this. I'm yeah. gonna tell him we're gonna, we're gonna take yeah. over the world. I'm all powerful. What's what's not good about this? Um, yeah, he's like, all right, I'm gonna get my pajamas and go to sleep. I trust. Yeah. You're I'll not wear his do pajamas because I don't yeah. have any of my own. So I ask to borrow some of his. Then you know, when I'm when I'm nice and snuggled in, we'll, I'll Kemp, drop. Anything. I don't know right why, now, but, but I liked how cozy getting in bed as an invisible, invisible person man. Looked but and... with pajamas on. I was like, man, that looks cozy being invisible with pajamas in a bed. I was also, I uh, we didn't mention this, but I think that something that was probably pretty shocking to audiences in 1933 is, is in that end scene when he's first confronted by the cops, the first thing the invisible man does is throw his nose at them. Um, yeah. Here's obviously, a it's, <laughs> obviously it's not his nose. It um, is kind of but... crazy though. Yeah. It's like I would imagine as an audience member in 1933, because that'd be as an audience member now. I'm like, I'm like, he just, yeah, he just took off his bandaged nose and threw it at I, a, a police officer. Where did he get a fake I, nose? I'd love to see an Invisible Man movie that's not an Invisible. Like it's, it's like, 
I don't know what the excuse is. It's like we don't have the special effects or whatever, but it's just like all, you're just watching a naked man screaming at people the whole time. <laughs> but in the reality of the movie, he is an invisible man <laughs> to everyone. But yeah, to the I'm audience, just picturing this man like throwing his nose at someone and undressing and being like, you made me do this. Uh, and it's just like this. a guy getting naked. And it's just like, I'm going to be all powerful. And like, I don't <laughs> something know. We, we, we maybe uh, we don't, we don't want to breeze past this folks. Yes. Every time the invisible man is invisible, he is naked. Um, yeah. That is a, that is a fact. Um, I think that's why he's giggling so hard. I think that first, is. When he be, first it, does it. Cause it's like in his lifetime, that's the first time he's like, Ah, I'm fully thinking <laughs> around you fuckers. And know. there's nothing you can do. Imagine get, yeah, he has the laughter of someone running around naked and invisible. Well, that's why I laughed when he, he grabs the bike. And I'm like, I can't imagine it being comfortable to ride. Oh, a he bike got on the bike. Yeah, I was thinking ball. about that yeah. too. Yeah. He's stealing my bike. Um, that poor, yeah. And him that, just causing that bike me. was a good effect too. Like, I'm like, this all just looks so good. And it's all, and I'm, I mean, I know they were super secretive, but um, I'm today by today's standards, a lot of just cheap camera tricks, but they're so effective. Um, mm. And a lot of just wire work and whatnot. But even the scene where like the books are floating towards the window uh, when he's trying to collect his, um, his books back from the end, when he goes back to the end after he had left, um, even that effect, which, before when you see things floating like we'd said it's usually somebody in like a black suit up against a black background just like holding something um and it looks like it, it appears yeah. it's floating but like in that scene i'm imagining again they're using wire work but it's not like the books are wobbling it's a clean transition and movement and uh just really really impressed and they don't shy away they're like they don't pull their punches like they're using the invisibility effect as much as possible they're using the floating object uh effect as much as possible and then, yeah. you, I mean, you're gifted with some actors that are really good at acting with invisible characters because, you know, you have officers just grabbing their necks and falling down. Uh, I yeah, I was thinking the in scene where he's walking through the crowd is pretty good. Like, it's really just good. good. Yeah. Good coordination of like the whole crowd, like, you know, like getting bumped. I agree. Like coordinating, like telling an entire cast to be like, OK, you guys have to make like it seem like something through yeah, you like now you, now you, you, you know, yeah, you have to make it feel like it's a stick through a puddle. You know, you have to separate, you know, everyone's yeah. got to move out of the out of the way as he's moving through, which is, yeah, it takes a, a hell of a lot of coordination. So and I, I just wonder, respect that so much I wonder more. how they did the footsteps like that. Was just, that was that was that was a cool effect. I don't even know how you would do that. Um, mm. like Maybe it's some sort of under. Because some contraption, I guess maybe maybe something that's like like you have under the dirt that's like pulling a print in or something. Yeah, I, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it's that's the only thing something settled of. just under the dirt, and then somebody's yeah. underneath but the it set does, pulling it down. But I was I just know. thinking like that effect looks really good, and then the the body indentation into the looks snow really when he falls. Um, this is this is uh and and I, I did want to take a little bit of time on on comparing it to the remake because it was. The remake is the plot is and now that you guys have seen it, you you understand what I mean. Where it's like the a only thing different. that the two movies have in, that that are in common is that there's an invisible man. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing else in common. With a these little plot bit lines. of psychosis, I guess, too. Yeah, and I mean, uh, it's one of the one of the we talked about this off pod, uh, but that you know, I, I I think we did say a little bit of this in the episode last episode, but uh, I think it's one of the best remakes, and it, and it shows that this kind of movie which doesn't have a lot we don't have a lot of invisible man 
yeah. movies. Um, we had Hollow Man was a big one when I was a kid with Kevin Bacon. And what I mean by big one is just that everybody watched it. I don't um, I I know that movie doesn't stand the test of time, but um, I don't know it. if Hollow Man. I've never seen that movie. I might have seen like bits on TV or something. I don't I know his name is Sebastian. Hollow Man does this, but one of the things I like about this, obviously, because they couldn't even do it at the time, but that the new Invisible Man did as well. Is like he's legit invisible, whereas like growing up and most of my exposure to any invisible character, it's like the outline of them or like yeah, a they feel like they need a... to make like a CG silhouette of sorts. Yes, so, like so, you, so the audience can blur. see the character. Yeah, um, and I like the idea that you can't actually see the character; you can only see the objects that it, it, he's interacting with. Um, it Absolutely. makes it scary. Makes it scarier. Yeah, like seeing a palm print on us on a um on a smoky shower glass and like seeing yeah. like a, that's super effective as opposed to what dave's saying like see it's like the wonder woman invisible jet effect if you're yeah seen yeah yeah where you see you're riding around in an invisible jet that's really just a dotted line jet and it's like i don't you know i like that in uh, this movie i feel and, like it, uh lxt is it is there another? Oh uh, yeah, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He uses a lot there, of bandages. Like, yeah, but I is there like, like a like blurry outline when he's not? I don't remember. I don't remember either, Dave. That's a good question, but I do feel like he he. We gotta revisit LXG. We do, yeah. especially this month. I guess would be a good month to do it to do that, especially with it including so many char- like three characters recovering. But um, three. Actually, I only think it's the Invisible Man after we talked about it. Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde were not covering, but he is in the movie. Yeah, yeah. You're right. And then, uh, yeah, there's no, there's, there is a vampire, but it's not dra- Right? Is there a vampire in that movie? Dante's yeah. in a, or uh, Dorian is a, uh, is an immortal, immortal or something. But, but I he's think not. A, I think there's a vampire. a vampire. I think the girl's a vampire. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. Anyway, oh, um. Moving on. So anyway, I, I I just wanted to do a shout out to the remake of Invisible Man. I do think that like Dave used the word masterclass for Mummy 99. I think that the Invisible Man is a masterclass. It's like if you're going to remake a universal classic monster movie and they they took a wildly different approach and just changed the storyline, but it worked. And it yeah. made me believe like and that was that came out in 2020. That was three years ago. I want to see another invisible man movie kind of blew my mind today i don't know why i never put this together i like knew the name of the director but i never like looked at his face or imdb i guess but it's uh lee wainel wanel wanel um is the director of the new one but that's adam from saw the the other guy that's no with no way from the first saw yeah which i knew he wrote he wrote the first saw but um yeah, he's a he has a fairly good track record as a director. Um and he's the he's the director of wow. Okay. Of the, yeah. So okay. I, I want him to do more, I guess. Yeah, and then and we, we talked about it last night. I guess like it, maybe him and Guillermo del Toro can, you know, have a dinner together and be like, let's do this universal monster verse yeah. and do it right. But anyway, back to the invisible man, um, 1933's version. Um yeah, we get the uh, Dave. You had pointed out earlier. Is there anything that there? It's funny because he watched another movie tonight, uh, Werewolf of London, and during some of the transition scenes, you can tell like the camera angle is slightly off, or like the the subject like kind of moves in a way they weren't supposed to. I um, mean, you see a m- mistake in the transition. Um, so it's like that was happening. So I appreciate the precision 
um, in this movie, uh, just because like we talked about earlier, I, I would imagine it's a very meticulous um, process to try to uh, get this right. Um, and I've seen, like, I mean, I, I feel like hollow man, I'm going to bring that up again. Is in what was that? 1999 Dave? Was that 99, 2001, um, 98? Hollow man. Sure. Jeez. Anyway, I feel like some of the effects in hollow man look worse than this movie. And it's um, because, you know, we're in color and we're vibrant and, uh, and maybe it's a little inexcusable, but um, yeah, I feel like a broken record, but I, when I'm, well, as we're talking about it, I'm realizing like, okay, we've gotten a couple different Frankenstein movies. Um, we've gotten the character uh, in, in, in a different TV show, literally. But uh, has Invisible Man gotten his love? Has, has he gotten enough love? Other than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in the remake, I mean, as the invisible he's a, character. He's a fairly big character in um, in uh, Doom Patrol. Oh, okay. Well, see, yeah, I'm, I, I have not seen yes. Doom Patrol, so um, um, all right. And he, and he really goes like the Claude Rain look in that show um, Claude Rains has an excellent laugh I'm trying to think but yeah. they, like other than that I guess there's invisible characters you know we have Sue Storm or like right who again they're... is outlined which is she's got yeah. that weird gel outline thing uh, going on there is uh, I feel like that was there's... a good pull by the way Dave I, I I don't know why I'd completely forgotten that we got two movies in the 2000s with an invisible character being Sue yeah, Storm in mean, a superhero I, movie. For some like, reason, why... the thing that made me think of that was I was thinking of Christopher Eccleston uh, plays um, an invisible character in the show Heroes. And mm. I was like, and then I was like, oh, yeah, so I guess superheroes. And then I was like, well, what other superheroes are? And then I thought, I guess there's um, Sue, Sue Storm. Storm. And then I thought of uh, uh, she's literally called the Invisible good. Woman. Yeah. Kind of a joke. A joke in um, the boys is like one of the seven is an invisible person that you never see. You also get uh, what is that dope. character? Deadpool three, or Deadpool two? I'm sorry, who's Brad Pitt play? The uh, oh yeah, the, yeah. Uh, what is his name, guys? Come on. I don't. I don't remember. It's a play on being invisible. Uh, the the see through man. It's something. I, I I'll I'll look it up. On, I have on, no on idea. Side. But uh, um. Yeah, Claude Rains and Dave, you have uh, you've seen a couple, you've seen a lot from his filmography, right? Because you've seen Lawrence of Arabia, you've seen um, um, Casablanca, Casablanca, Casablanca. So I guess my question is, as and as Chase kind of pointed out early, um, for you in this movie, were you shocked by his performance? Like, oh wow, this is a this is definitely a wildly different Claude um, Rains. I mean, I I'm... to be to be perfectly honest, I don't remember like. I don't know. Like, even though like I've seen Casablanca, I think three times now. The last time I watched it was at Full Sail. Um, I don't really remember him in it, and I've seen Mister Smith goes to Washington. I don't necessarily remember. I'm Who's sure... he playing that? Who does he play, Mister Smith? No, that's Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Um, but uh. I don't know. Like, not to say that he's unmemorable. I just, I, you know, it's harder for me, I guess, with older movies and older actors to place them sometimes. Um, but I, I was just overly impressed with how he, because he's really not in this movie at all. Like, he's, you see his face at the end, but otherwise, you never see his face. So it's all a physical slash vocal performance. Um, and I think that's, 
Like I, I was really surprised by that. I guess it, like I didn't know you'd never see him until which, I mean until which, the, the yeah. But I very, mean, yeah. well, so this like really goes along uh, or against rather of a lot of the things we've talked about so far with how Bell Lugosi's presence in like you know his face is famous for Dracula, and then we have Karloff for Frankenstein and the Mummy, and it's kind of weird because. I think Claude Rains is incredible as the Invisible Man, but it's kind of like, you know, a catch-22 of a role where it's people aren't going to be like, yeah, that's the the face that I remember from the Invisible Man, you know? No, um, absolutely. I agree. But, yeah, yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed him in this. By uh, the way, it was uh, The Vanisher. Uh, that was his... Oh, Deadpool that's his... 2, uh, yeah, yeah. Brad Pitt's character was Vanisher. Uh, no, yeah, I agree. And so, so to do that, I, I always love when characters, another uh, example I'm going to use just to piggyback off of what you just said, Dave, um, is Carl Urban um, just having the humbleness Judge to Dredd. be to be dread and to be like, uh, because a big hit on the original one that was released with Sylvester Stallone is like, um, there was famously a tussle between Stallone and the studio because they were like um, the comic book in the video game, like, Hey, the judge doesn't take his helmet off. And he's like, I'm not going to do it unless the fans see my face. Okay. Um, was that Sylvester Stallone or a mob boss? I don't know. But, um, hey, I got to see my face. Hey, Adrian. Um, urban was able to swallow that pill and be like, I love this story. Um, I'm a fan of it. And I, I just, I will sacrifice People seeing my face, you, they'll see my chin um, for the character. And I, I don't know. I respect it when actors do that. Um, and Claude Rains was willing to do that in this movie. And, yeah, the last shot is is his face. But like Dave said, I mean, you're going to you're not going to yeah. walk out of that movie remembering like you're not going to see Claude Rains in the next feature and be like, oh, I remember him from The Invisible Man. Yeah, I think those are all like always admirable roles, especially if it's like a bigger star like. Or even if it's a lesser, like, I feel like Carl Urban is like, I know he's not an A-list. He's huge in the nerd world, though. Like, you know, like he's he's now in the boys, but he's in dread. He's in uh, Lord of the Rings. Like he's, you know, a big, uh, big nerd world guy. But um, I feel like whenever an actor does a role where you don't see him at all, like like you go weaving in V for Vendetta or. Trying to go. think of other good ones, but um, I don't know. I just always admire when I'm like, it's crazy that you're just. I guess the Mandalorian is is another one, but right, right. And I mean, we, um, I mean, there was definitely he's gotten. Um, I think you know a couple of. Uh, he's gotten his 15 minutes of of uh of FaceTime, if you will. Yeah. Um, which I think he's due because I think he went. What was you didn't you didn't actually see a clear picture of his face until midway through the second season boys was that it because i know in the first season you see the 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 cyborg like or the one of the droids like working Doesn't on his face off his helmet at the first the he, end of I the first the season first se- i think every i season thought i thought you just see like off. the back of his head or you see like i know when the droids working on you can see like half of his face but you can't see the the droids like working on him so you can't see because his arms like distorting the view but i don't know either way uh, I, I agree with you, um, but he did, I think, have to wait, you know, quite a bit to get because he gets a he gets an episode where, I mean, his helmet's off for a good, you know, five minute scene um, and he has some dialogue. I mean, you got uh, you got you got. But yeah, I, I, re- I respect 
Boris Karloff obviously is is another person who I mean he's pretty heavily done up in in Frankenstein and then uh in the credits uh, originally he's not even credited he it's a question yeah. mark so uh to be able to swallow your pride and to do it for the art um I don't know maybe it's maybe it's less common than we think cuz the three of us I feel like aren't coming up with that many examples of an A-list actor I'm, I'm racking my brain of like something completely... I it was like something I found out recently of a movie I love and I was like wait a second what like it's that person this whole time and I cannot think of it I mean like one of the famous ones that blew my mind as an adult I mean I just told you the other day I can never I still can't ever really identify Dustin Hoffman in Hook as Hook um, I, yeah, yeah. But, uh, He's given so much to do though in that movie. But Meryl Streep and Hook, right? Is it Meryl Streep? As who? She's just like one of the pirate dudes. <laughs> like, yes, it is. She's yeah. the, she's the boo boo box guy. Yeah. It's like, not the um, boo boo box. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess. Uh, I mean, I have another. I mean, now I, and now I'm like, I'm going to be so distracted if I can't think of this. So I'm like, I don't know. I gotta just move past it because it has nothing to do with this movie. I just really want to know now. Want to know? Uh, I would say that. Uh, I mean, if, if as far as uh, actors that I think fall into the same categories that I respect for doing a lot for the uh, for. I mean, you have. I was gonna say David Naughton in. Um, American Werewolf in London is another person who he went through the transform, you know, the, the, the transformation process where he was wearing heavy aesthetics with pneumatics, which is air pressure to push the mask out and make the werewolf jaw look like it was coming, you know, protruding from his, from his face. But uh, whenever, whenever actors are willing to sit in a makeup chair for six hours or, um, you know, Claude Rains didn't necessarily do that, but like Chase said, he's a claustrophobic guy who had to endure all these there's multiple scenes where he's wrapped up to death with, you know, bandages or, uh, you know, God forbid, like Dave said, God forbid he had to do those scenes where, you know, it was just the pajamas on him. I or, feel or like pants, but I feel like uh, I rather have prosthetics on my face than bandages because I feel be, like just having, be like, yeah, kind of because I feel like cloth could like slowly start like like seeping or like getting untangled and stuff. I feel like it would be a nightmare to shoot with like bandages without like bandages moving around or anything without continuity and trying to maintain that effect, which like, they do make really sure, well in make this sure movie, his skin doesn't show or something. Yeah. Like, like I just sure the feel like doesn't... that would, that would be worse than wearing a prosthetic in my mind. Is is Glenn Close, by the way, or Glenn Close. Glenn Close. Okay. Yeah. It's not Meryl Streep. It's funny because I used to get them confused. I'm just looking at a list now, but like Matt Damon's on there uh, for Deadpool well, two. Name some, he, name some. Throw, throw some out there. There's there's some. Uh, I mean, like George Lucas is in Star Wars at one point. Oh come on! Is there any uh, like? Yeah. I'm trying to think of like actual disguised ones. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say like Colin Farrell as the Penguin is like barely recognizable. But it's like, uh, I feel like everyone is in one of the hobbits. I feel like, you know, it's Colin Farrell just because of the internet. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know that is. And I mean, that's something different, like unrecognizable. I think we're looking for characters that were, 
This was like, like, yeah, like they were in the movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like like it's hard to find Tom Cruise and Tropic Thunder, but it's like, you know, I I know, I knew that was Tom Cruise going into it. But I'm sure there was a fair amount of people that were walking out of the theater and were like, that guy was funny. And they're like, can you believe it was Tom Cruise? And they're like, what? Uh, Like, I just do is him. I don't know, because I knew the cast going into the movie. And he's not that that unrecognizable. I I am I am a victim of the, I did not know it was Tom Cruise to the credits roll. Wow, first time I saw it, yeah, it definitely fooled me. Uh, it was like I know it's somebody I recognize, and and I I do remember having, and I think I watched it with the twins, and the twins were like, yeah, "It's Tom Cruise," and I, and I was like, "Yeah, I see that now." Um, but uh, this one's unique. Like like uh, I guess this is a unique performance. Um, in that. It, I guess you got to give up to Andy Circus too. Has done a lot of mocap work. I guess yeah, you can Andy Circus has done a lot of work. That's that's you know not very. Uh, um, he's done a lot of dirty work. I would say. Yeah, um, and not like gotten a lot of credited for his face. Yeah, exactly. And he's but, like the number one argument for like awards consideration that they should start looking at stop motion stuff. Or right. like well, it, yeah, let's yeah. Well, I'll never figure this out. So, <laughs> You've given up. Uh, I don't know. Do you think we've we've talked through the plot enough? Yeah, I I think I, do I think we have, I mean I think we one... should talk about the ending here. You know how he was, uh, how they finally trap him. Yeah, well, they, they finally. Yeah, it is just ending rampage in general, which yeah. Is, so we should we should yeah. Which is it it it's him leaving Doctor Kemp's house and then just going crazy. Really, um, he basically. And I think goes the, and starts killing people from the search party. He runs that the train seems kind of track. funny. The um, scene where he's just pushing people off the mountain. Is, well, uh, one of the things I like about him is how um, how vain he is, or I'm trying to think of the right word, but it's like he has to let people know that he exists and and that he has like this power he's holding over them but he's not just pushing people off the cliff he has to have like little quips before he does it and when he strangles the police officer he's like you know saying like oh think i'm you know think i'm not real do you like he's like rubbing it in his face like i don't know i i like that his i like that scene too he's a petty man and like throws the ink in the guy throws the ink in the cop's face too because they've been talking about throwing ink on him to to catch him they're like we throw ink on him and then he will be able to to see him walking about and so he throws the ink in the officer's face before uh strangling him and yeah he, just highlighting that pettiness of, well, I, our, I feel of like Jack the, Griffin. well that's the question i want to ask i know the the movie makes us believe that it was it's the sickness or the experiment that he's doing the question i have is is it actually that or is that's making him go crazy or is it just realizing like he could literally do whatever he wants and get away with it and um, it's just like he's I, now I, going mad with that power or I, it does like because it does kind of just make you think like is it a mad with power sort of thing because i feel um, like i feel like but majority... i no, i i think that what they discover they discover that one of the things he is using it's like a flower from India. It's a chemical that comes from a flower that 
turns um, every it takes all the color out of whatever it goes yeah like it uses, absorbs the colors yeah. around it um like making it i guess the best like chameleon flower or whatever but like it it was known to cause like a dog to like turn like completely white as marble and then the dog also went mad but our our boy doesn't know that like it you know like that's just something that um the doctor knew himself in his own research from like a german book and i think that uh it's a little bit of bull chase like i think that this guy is power hungry in the first place but i think the little bit of insanity that comes from whatever the drug is does push him over the edge over but the edge. i don't i don't think it's like a huge leap for him to be like oh i'm going to use this to help me you know and when his his girlfriend asks like like why, why did you, you do this? this and he was like it was for you and then he like just starts explaining like all the things that have nothing to do with her he's like i can sell this to to the greatest world power They'll have invisible armies. Don't you see? It's for you. No, I love that. I love the it's invisible like the, army. Yeah. Um, Which is, it'll be a good, that'd be a good plan, by the way. Invisible armies. Invisible armies. Yeah. Well, Terrifying. I think no, I, I get what you're saying, David. No, he does kind of just have the, uh, the madness right away, but I do think the maddest, the well, madness Chase was, of it. Chase was asking if he thinks that like, he's just, he would have gone mad anyways, or if it's a part of the, what we were told throughout the movie that is. Yeah. Cause we the, are, we are told that it is, yeah, side effect. Well, I know, but I don't know if it's just like even that I think, thirst of power makes it go a little bit more crazy. He does, and I think there's it's maybe summed up in that line where he's he's talking to Flora, um, and he's very calm when he's talking to Flora. By the way, he's yeah. he's the calmest we see him when he's talking well, to Flora until the end. But I feel yeah, like until the starts... end, yeah, until the end. I'm just saying, yeah, like when the uh, in the particular scene when he's talking to Flora, uh, he says, I just wanted to be able to write my name in history above all the other scientists as someone who had created something that was special or whatever. And he goes, and then he continues on his little rant. Um, but I think it, uh, there's a little bit of both in there because it, it, he was a mad scientist of, because you have to be kind of mad to be tried to create something uh, that makes you invisible. Right. I mean, especially to test it on yourself. At yeah, all. you have to be a little bit unhinged in the first place, I think, to to try that. But then I think, yeah, the the effects of the drug uh, combined with this new ability uh, put them over the edge. That's my my uh, my take on that. Yeah, makes sense. So it does end with him like basically they they get lucky on a nice winter storm that seems like they're like afraid it won't last very long but this old man comes and he's like no there's breathing in my barn yeah and they go and surround the barn and light it on fire uh and then as he escapes they can see the footprints and cop shoots him dead that's uh i'm surprised no blood i'm surprised no blood yeah i don't know yeah he's on the table we're talking well, yeah, I'm just, I don't know. It just like. I was expecting to see like an effect of blood leaking yeah, out of same. nowhere. Yeah, that'd also, be, that like, would be. I'm like, well, how do you even accomplish such a thing? So I don't know. Um, But, uh, and then it ends, ends with him. Uh, Dying in the bed. Yeah. Coming um, in the hospital bed. And, and I like the simple explanation of like, as he dies, like the effects of 
the drug will wear off and he'll become more and more visible as he fades from life, which is yeah. just like a nice poetic thing too. It's really cool. Um, yeah. And again, they not, I think trending, they knock it out of the park with the ending. Um, I think the ending is, I like the ending of this movie. I, yeah. There's a big shebang. Yeah. Um, and I'm very satisfied. And it's another it. tragic ending. Um, I mean, I guess, Depends on how you define it as tragic. Like, I really enjoy this character, but I guess he's not. What murders? What murders? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's... I think what's funny is that is that uh, there's a lot of people that are, and I just read letterbox comments, but a lot of people that are maybe overlooking the, the whole train thing where they're like, the Invisible Man is not such a bad guy. Like, he just hates cops. And then there's like a couple other comments where like. He really just wanted to be left alone. I'm like, no, nah, no, no, like he, yeah, not, he was pretty mischievous. He was a little, he was a little stinker. Not counting maybe like the lifetime of Dracula, maybe even especially if he is like Vlad the Impaler, the previous life. But this guy definitely has our highest body count right now. Oh yeah, my like, gosh, he has like 123 yeah. kills. Yeah, like yeah. we, we, we. That's what probably chase... won't won't be beat. I imagine. I yeah, it's it's that's a hard number. I mean he. It's cheating because you got that whole train, but that that scene <laughs> is just. I uh, I was like, what the hell? And Steve's like, yeah, that guy really uh, he's gone crazy. Maybe you see now. a slasher movie where like they just go up to like public transportation areas start... that would just be nightmares. <laughs> he's like, I can kill a lot more people if I fuck up this train. I guess. Um. I do like the effect. Been... I'm trying to think. Uh. Oh, and I know we've been watching some side stuff too, but did no? It happened in the Mummy. We do get kind of like a nice little tip to the hat for the transformation from the Mummy being alive to dead to the yeah. Invisible Man. Yeah, and I, I same do as, like same that. as this. I really that, do like that, that like, like layering like, effect. Um, yes, and yeah, you're correct. We we did also see that earlier today uh in in the uh, the werewolf, werewolf of, of london. london yeah but i i um, feel like that's like a trend we're going to see i like that i know too. most like likely it's... in wolfman but do we see anything like that in creatures steve with a layering effect yes not Probably to my not. knowledge no I... No, we don't. We just, the, the Wolfman, creature. you're definitely yeah. The Wolfman, you're definitely gonna get Wolf a lot Man of what you guys. Will. You'll get. You're gonna get. You're gonna see what you saw today with Werewolf of London with the uh, with the hair. Um, those those masking techniques where it's like you see the character's hands and then they progressively get more hairy and his feet get more hairy, and then, you know, you maybe you'll you'll pan down from his face then pan back up and he's got a full face of you know yeah a werewolf face. But um, no, in Creature from the Black Lagoon, you're pretty much getting. And I, I, I looked ahead. You, I think you have two different characters just playing in bodysuits. There's one that's for the water and one that's on land creature. But um, that's all just a uh, makeup in a suit. It might just be makeup and you know them sticking stuff on. I'll sticking have to look into that. On. But yeah, uh, this the next the next episode we'll get a little bit more of that masking effect. But I think this is the most polished one. Like I think the yeah. that. I know. I mean, I've said it like countless times in this episode, but it's impressive, um, especially for the time, 1933. Uh, we're only like 30 years into filmmaking and still trying to figure things out. And uh, James Whale, if he uh, he needs to get more, give credit where credit is due. And this man was just firing off like 
31 is Frankenstein, 33 is Invisible Man, 35 is Bride. So in that, you know, every two Time years span, he came out with yeah. a banger. I think that he he definitely he was the he was the uh, the Jordan Peele of his time, just going like, okay, what what else can I do that's gonna freak people out, but still like big on adaptations too. Yeah. He's just adapted two books, you know. But the, you could definitely tell this is where horror starts to like really pick up, right? Don't yeah, you I think? think? I, mean, I, I, I think, think Frankenstein and, and Dracula were definitely like the the domino effect of like first movies coming down but this one i feel like does change it up i like i did say that it's kind of going more realistic approach where i mean yes it's impossible to be invisible but it is possible to understand the threats of a normal man or a crazy man that is doing the impossible of being invisible i think that's that's something that's like really smart and scary at the same time yeah well, in a sense, it's a, yeah, it's the first like I, slasher, not first slasher, but it's like no, the first like kind of human controlled yeah. thing, right? Where you're right, every other thing is a monster, monster, form, monster, yeah. And I like that it's kind of this this power that is like it, it is too, it is it's too coveted, it's too good of a of a power to not come with any um, side effects. So I like that. You know, in order to uh, to achieve this this godlike ability of being invisible, you're going to start to lose your mind. Um, so there's a trade off, uh, and I I like that. Um, I don't like when someone just has limitless power and there's no way to, um, you know, defeat them. You know, that's why I like yeah, you know, vampires got their garlic, werewolves have their silver bullets. Um, the Invisible Man, uh, it. It, it seems to be a common thread in at least this movie, Hollow Man, and the remake that with invisibility comes a little bit of craziness or, 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 or lunacy, if you will. Um, and I like that. I like that. Uh, do we want to? We do we feel like we we've uh, we've covered the Invisible Man? Want to give yeah, our final thoughts? I think so. <clears throat> yeah, I feel pretty good about about this. Do you want to go uh, first for your final thoughts then? Me? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I feel like I've gone first the last two episodes, but sure. sure or I, I mean, if you I'll want go. Me, oh, I yeah, go. I got it. I got oh, it. I got okay. it. Okay, so as a, I'll start off as a film. Uh, as a film, uh, I had this on my first viewing as a four-star. Um, and maybe it's just, again, it's just the love of uh, the genre and the miniseries and what we're doing this month, but I'm going to bump it up a, a half a star. I'm going to uh, give this a four and a half as a film. Um, as a monster movie, uh, who it's tough. It, um, um, I want to give it like a 4.75. Uh, it's close to a five for me. And then I think as in, as a invisible person movie, five stars, uh, five stars for a visible person movie. Um, yeah. So four and a half. 4.755 that's 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 my rating i think that uh the only other really good uh invisible representation i can think in live action film like there's only a couple and uh this is uh claude rains uh it's got to be he's got to be on that list of best invisible men uh because he does so much with his voice and like i said when he is in that physical space 
Uh, he does have this presence about him and he is, he's, he's doing a lot with what little time he does have when he's fully dressed. And I, I think that, um, yeah, I think he does. A, he's, he's mostly working with his voice and his, and, and a presence. So yeah, I mean, five stars for invisible person movie. All right. Uh, mine is very similar as a film. I'm going to give this a four and a half. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it as a as a first watch. I definitely liked it. I think that it definitely uh, it, it made me feel more excited. I actually was like, I think it's very paced well. I didn't think that this movie was boring at any points. Uh, I think that it kept you on your toes while still showing great visual effects. As a monster movie. Uh, this is where I, I get kind of mixed up because I'm trying to think, do you really count the invisible man a monster other uh, than just yeah. being That's a pretty monstrous thing? I mean, it's it's what we're covering. This is he's part of the monster. I know. Classic monsters, I'm trying. So. I'm trying to think like in the mindset of. OK, so as a person who's probably in the towns of where all these monsters are happening, this is the one that I would be probably most worried about because I think Dracula, I could just stay inside and put some garlic on my neck. Frankenstein, you know, he's a monster. He's not going to get into my house. I have nothing to do with him. Uh, the mummy, I just staying away from artifacts and, you know, ancient times with the invisible man. That guy's crazy. I have no idea where I would put him. So I'd probably give it a four for monster movies. And then for Invisible Man movies or Invisible People, it's a five. It's definitely a five. It's a really good baseline of where Invisible People should be. Invisible People uh, should be out of yeah, your sight. Out of my sight, a five for me to not see them, you know? Um. All right. Uh, so by the criterias, I think uh, just as a movie, four and a half, um, Really, really enjoyed it, and um, as a monster movie, I'm giving it a four and a half as well. Um, I think, like, in everything that we've covered so far in, like, you know, building and putting all the pieces together, this reminds me of, like, all the monster movies we've done, but it also has, like, a lot of good fresh stuff in it, um, and I do think, like, the idea of this character is a little bit more unsettling than some of the other characters. Um, I like, I like all of the pieces that we have from past monster movies in this movie. Like, you know, I like the village folk doing their thing. I like seeing like the hysteria that happens from this guy. Um, I like the people that are on his side trying to figure it out. Um, um, I, so I, I think it has all the good, good points going towards it. Um, I'll send it mentioned Dr. Cranley, who is his girlfriend's father is played by Henry Travers, who's, um, another previously covered movie. Uh, he's in a, it's a wonderful life as Clarence, the angel. Um, but he's the guy trying to help him. Ultimately. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he's the guy that's kind of like basically like 
like let's they're after an invisible man they don't know it's our friend like you know you think that like like, help him yeah like he's like ready to protect him basically um and then as an invisible movie i definitely give it a five it's kind of like where i was coming from uh last time with the mummy stuff like whereas that started like a whole thing this this kind of starts like a whole thing and in so many different ways like and I guess you can give credit to Wells for coming up with the concept of an invisible man or who knows, like, because one could define a ghost as an invisible man, I guess. But I was thinking that originally. I'm like, why do they think it's an invisible man and not a ghost first? Yeah, I was thinking that, too, because, like, a lot of the stuff, like, when the dishes start going flying everywhere, I'm like, this gives, like, paranormal vibes. Right. Um, Which is cool because, like, early on, like, besides the haunting of hill house or uh sorry the uh, the house on haunted hill like you didn't get much paran early paranormal movies so that was well, kind of because ghosts i also real. i also feel like this movie like has its own explanation built into that because it's uh they are already aware of this weird guy staying there and then it's like slowly piece by piece it's like they figure out he's an invisible man but just in general, like invisibility as an inf- like a effect in a movie is just something that's rippled through time, you know. Like, I guess like just think of like Lord of the Rings, you know, like Frodo going invisible. Like, there's like so many different things Harry that like, Potter. I, I, like yeah, yeah Harry Potter. Club. Like, yeah, there's yeah. so much times in in cinema that like it's now like an accepted language when we see invisible things. Like, um, and I think that. You know, you gotta credit this movie for some of those things. Not that this movie gets credit for Lord of the Rings, but um, sure. you know, I just think invisible characters are cool. This movie's cool. Me too. Um, I I also took the uh, I, I I just took the time to rank so far because uh, I like to rank as we go because it makes it easier for me. Because I'm like, well, what did I like? Did I like this more than the last movie we've watched? And I can move them. But for me, so far it goes. This month it goes Bride, and this is just overall, overall, uh, as a movie, as a monster movie, as a specific character movie. I go Bride, Invisible Man, Frankenstein, Dracula, Mummy. That's my personal ranking so far, and I was just interested in uh, what you boys uh, think uh, yours are so far of the five we have covered. Ooh. And is it similar? I think mine's the exact same. Um the only ones that would like be neck and neck, I guess, are this and Frankenstein. But yeah, Bride's still my number one. I think um, it goes Bride, Invisible Man, Frankenstein, Dracula, Mummy, Mummy. So, so we're all on the same These, page. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, cool. I mean, I, I uh, uh, we'd love to know what you all think too. You all can maybe comment what uh, what your favorite of of what we've covered is so far. This one's but, uh, definitely c- closest to the most fun so far. Um, but again, those Frankensteins, I feel like they're hard to beat. Those movies are fun. Those are, are going to be probably the hardest but, to beat. But odd that, that our our top, everyone's top threes are James Will. Yeah, it's, and you know, that's why I like paying attention to directors because it's just like, you know, it's often you find comfort in there. And producers because we have Carl Mel just... Is again, yeah, he produced he's, this he, one and he's, he's 
will continue, I think. And yes, he does. He does. And it's like, he's yeah. even on the posters. Like Dave was saying, it's like, uh, I mean, nowadays you have to be like Steven Spielberg or like somebody big to get like produced by Spielberg yeah. on the poster. And back then it was just like, Carla Mel is like produced by Carla Mel, HG Wells, the invisible I think man. That might have been like, more common back then, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I mean, it, I, it I do think like a, a like a, a producer for studios were more well known, and there's tons of you know, I guess today, producers. Yeah, like that, I said, you do you but do. But they're get... usually a director, you know, like yeah, I feel exactly. Like Jerry Someone... Bruckheimer is like the only like time you see like a producer credit of like, I don't know, I'm trying to think of like produced by sort of thing. Well, I know we, uh, I know we just did random, and I, I know the listeners don't know this. We just recorded an episode yesterday, so we don't have much more random, I don't think, for you, uh, other than those murmurs you were talking about. There today, was which seemed to be like somewhat like repeated over and over throughout outlets. So I don't know, like they're repeating the same exact source, but there is murmurs that Warner Brothers it might be up um, for sale. But, Bought up, bought, bought out. Yeah. And they're saying most likely Universal. Um, I did hear that. Interesting. It's because we're talking about Universal Studios so much this month. We're willing it to exist. Yeah, no, I, I like yeah. that. Maybe we have some news that ties into that, but that would be massive for Universal, but also... um be weird. Weird. Yeah, because yeah, like what is that what is I that, wonder uh, if that would what does that mean for Warner Brothers? I feel like that would screw I don't up think DC. it I don't know. If it that's would, because that's a new owner Disney, new owners Disney, would probably want to do different things and Chase did, like, did, did 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 Disney not do that with Star and, Wars? It with did. Marvel and Star Wars. I mean, I feel like, you know, like they Disney eclipsed they changed uh, everything once they, they did change out, a lot, but I mean, we still got, we still got, yeah, in game. we still got in game. Yeah. People act like Disney has we, been yeah, running we, Marvel since we, it's before. Like, it's true, it's true. I think uh, like Avengers was like the first one, right? The was that the first, first or maybe it was the last, but it was still like, but that's what I'm saying that, that you know, to, to support what I'm saying is like, the, it's, it's like that, that wasn't, you know, uh, eclipsed by. Yeah, uh, a bigger company and still survive. Like we got all those great movies that we love yeah. after Disney bought Marvel, you know, or bought the rights to the movies. So I don't know, uh, Chase. I don't think it's a necessarily a bad. I thing. don't it's think just, you can mess up something that's not working in the first place. So. True. Yeah, that's also true. And it's like and to to piggyback off that, there was this bit of news that James Gunn, or I, think, I don't know if it was James Gunn that released it. It's just DC released the news that nobody. Uh, from the original Justice League will be reprising their role in the new DCU, which is like, why didn't we announce this months ago? And also it just further, further confuse things. Further, like, it's, like, further it's not confused. a fresh, it's, re- it's now it's, a full revamp. No, because like he's continuing and I'm like, well, this is a little biased, but like Peacemaker is continuing. Um, and Amanda Waller is getting her own show. And uh, like, so like they're keeping all that whole crew it seems like the peacemaker world or the yeah the suicide um, squad basically uh, yeah yeah um but i uh, yeah cuz the suicide squad doesn't in, like i'm just trying to think of those words very literally of the justice league characters are not returning the actors yeah which is just and it and it's like that means you know like as we all anticipated bye bye Ezra Miller yeah um, with that disaster but but it's uh, like we have Viola Davis and John Cena, as far as I know, are like yeah, the two people and, that are like confirmed. Bad and then we're talking things. about, we yeah. keep talking about, and what's what's so weird, I guess, about this all is because Aquaman 2 has not been released yet. And it's like, this movie hasn't even come out and you're already telling us 
to not care about this movie because why would we? It doesn't. Well, it seems like they don't even care about that. It doesn't matter. It's like, it's not even like, so Jason Momoa is like, now we have rumors. This movie hasn't come out yet. You already have rumors of Jason Momoa playing Lobo in the new DCU. And it's like just rumors, nothing factual, but that's what the fans want. And it's like, this second Aquaman movie hasn't even come out yet. And, and, and yeah. it just further shows nobody, nobody gives a shit about I do, the second Aquaman I do Aquaman feel like in a way movie. that's like a statement, though, of like, I don't know. It's like why why these things shouldn't shouldn't be the way they are. But like if you like Aquaman and you want to see the second Aquaman, like that should be enough to draw you to it. It shouldn't be like, well, I need to know this is continuing because you're basically saying, like, I only view a movie as a page I'm turning, you know, like, yeah, instead of viewing movies as like things that should be thought about as a sole thing, you know, like, and I know these are part of greater. Yeah, they're a sequel. It's a sequel. And I'm not saying I care about Aquaman 2 at all, like, and I don't, but I'm just like, these movies should never be solely riding on the fact that they are just another page to get Check through after for the next a one. big book yeah. you know like they need to movies need to stand on their own as their own thing like, it's hard though when it's a sequel you know what yeah. I mean? like to a character that i mean and I'm not it's a sequel it to a movie that not... already exists like yeah, you don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah. worry about what's not existing what's past, past this it. movie yeah. i'm yeah. I, yeah yeah and i agree with that i do i, I do I'm, I'm on board with that but i i'm sure there are some disgruntled Aquaman fans out there that are like, I like Jason Momoa's Aquaman and I'm disappointed that it, oh, I think you know, but then you know I, I whatever you're about to start. say, I'm I, I agree with you. I'm not on the Aquaman uh train either. I'm not on the Jason <laughs> I think I think he should switch to Lobo. I think that would probably be a a good career decision. But uh and now like all this stuff like randomly is coming out of like from the Johnny Depp I know, trial, but, like, yeah, it's like, and it's about God, like, this is like the repercussions of that whole thing are just so bizarre. We're still seeing it, yeah. I mean, because like, now we're, we're hearing like, about yeah. this about about egregious behavior on set that yeah, is alleged, that he was drunk and, and, and dancing like, or like Jack dancing, Sparrow. Dr- no, he was dressing just, like Johnny like, Depp. And yeah, I, and, and I, when I was reading this article, I don't give a shit about this stuff at all, so I don't even like to give time to it. But it's like when I was reading about it, uh the whoever was reaching out on behalf of Jason Momoa were like, and he doesn't, he's not dressing like Johnny Depp. That's just how he dresses. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I guess from him, like anything that I've seen of Jason Momoa out in the wild, he's wearing like scarves and rings and stuff. I'm like, that's Johnny Depp. Like, and they but, are friends. So it kind of yeah. makes sense. They dress similar, but anyway, let's, let's, Let's get on to what we've been watching. Let's get past the. Uh, I feel like we are the. Uh, I'm and me, it, me personally, I'm the victim of it, but I'm a victim of a of just like always talking about just Justice or I'm sorry. No, DC is my fault. If if uh, uh, that's definitely, I, I take one hundred percent, hundred percent responsibility for, for any the- DC talk is usually my fault. Um, but it's just. I want to understand. Brought it up this time. I, I'm I a, do, I'm a sucker for DC, yeah. so I might. I do. Want, I just want to understand what's going on. I guess as a DC fan, I just 
I just want to understand. I just want to go in and watch look, a good movie. Look, this That's is all this I is what about. this is what, and I'm a Marvel fan, matter. so I'm also talking about the other side of me. But this is what Marvel's this is what the Marvel fans' problem is right now. I'm getting too much. That's the Marvel fans' complaint. Like, like the DC fans' complaint is we're not getting enough, and when we do get something, it's terrible. So it's like I don't know yeah. high class I, I problems mean, there over was there. Like three movies this year. There are, was, are and they were and three. Like I said, when we get them, year. when we get them, they're not that you know good. Yeah, but anyway, but it's not like we're not that. getting enough DC. But you're definitely getting more Marvel. I mean, yeah, with the TV yeah. shows and the and yeah, but DC DC's needs to kinda... just slow down. They just need to like take their time and write good scripts. That's all that matters. Yeah, I don't need yes. to keep pushing them out as fast as possible at this point. I agree. I agree. Um, but uh, I know we just did an episode last night, but uh, I I don't know if you guys have seen anything I more. Yeah. yeah, I can just go back and look. Yeah, at Yeah, and I mean, like we all we all we all watched something last night. Um, um what did we uh, watch? We, uh, we watched Strays. That was strays, strays, strays. Um, we, we watched strays for uh because we were like, you know what? Remember, uh, no human November last year. We we keep talking about strays. Let's just watch it. So we uh sat down and watched it last night, and I I liked it. I gave it. I think I gave it a three and a half. I almost gave it a four star. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there were some parts that were like overly silly, and they they uh. But I I agree with with with. I enjoyed the experience. I think I gave it three stars. Um, uh, it was funny. I feel like uh, the writer probably grew up on movies like Homeward Bound and and uh, <clears throat> Dunstan checks in and like MVP or Andre and all I, these other. I hundred percent don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed it if we did. have if we, we hadn't already done. It. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was yeah. gonna say. It was like I saw parts of. Animal even though you movies. could see the cliches, like like even if you haven't watched them recently, you could probably spot the cliches. But it just was like, and that was like a year ago now. But it still is more fresh in my mind to the point where I was like, "This is funny. They're doing this or this or that." Um, yeah, I think the movie was like very weird. It it like I agree. It gripped me emotionally many times, but a lot of the times I was like, "This is like silly." Silly. It's a little silly. I don't even want to say silly so much as like uh, it's what my mom used to be like, oh, that's like Volga humor, like vulgar. Uh, but with her accent, she say Volga. I okay, I agree um, with but you. But that... it, it it felt like Sausage Party in a way, like yeah, that, I can a, tell a movie that I felt like this is better than Sausage Party. But like Sausage Party, I was very excited for, and then I was like, oh, so like this whole thing is just like sex jokes, like that's. You know, like, and, it, and I don't care if a joke is vulgar; it just needs to be good. Like it, that, it, that was, it needs to be. And I felt like takes. a lot of strays was like, okay, all right, now. All right. Well, you know, it was kind of funny. It was like I agree with you, and it was it was Jamie Foxx's character specifically bug. It's like in the first five minutes you meet him, and I'm like, I am no, I, I, I language does top. not bother me. However, when you drop the f bomb without taste, like. 27 times within the first yeah. five minutes it's like it's like, like i, I right, remember like, i remember being okay. 10 or 11 and learning all the swear words too and you and know? it was like, like that's that's what it felt like it was yeah. like a little kid that had just learned a, swear a bunch of swear yeah. yeah and it was like 
yeah again again i'm with i'm with dave like i i appreciate raunchy humor i appreciate yeah. uh you know all, anything all, like, well language. written i appreciate but, mostly, yeah but it's you like know, when like... you when you're just when you're when you're just saying it to say it and there's no there's no taste and it's not it's not i don't know and but that's that, what i felt like with the character sometimes but i say the movie's weird because that we all like admitted to it we're like i was choked up at several points but i think oh, that's yeah, just yeah. Cause, you know like we are all extreme like i love animals very yeah, much you know big, like, big animal advocates there's not a us. lot of cats in the movie but it's just like i feel like whenever i think about dogs i get even more sad because well I we've all had that. dogs yeah, all three own, of yeah. us have had lost dog not yeah lost, we've all we've all had lost dogs um so yeah. it's just like yeah you anytime like pet or ownership stuff pops up and like you get you know it's you kind of get sad about that stuff it and i think they did t- it was well done animal stuff too uh, i did think there was like i was gonna say i was impressed by reggie's close-ups when you're doing a yeah. close-up of reggie with the will ferrell voice i thought i don't know if they're using a puppet sometimes or if they're just using the dog but there was a couple times where his mouth's not moving that i'm like are they using a puppet or a real dog yeah. like in the extreme close-ups because like there was so much emotion in his eyes that i'm like how are they i mean obviously they're digital maybe digitally enhancing the dog's that's already yeah. in frames eyes, but I thought it was good work. That's all I was going to say. It's um, good. It was good work. It didn't look cheap for the most, the most part too. I think the, uh, I like the main four of Jamie Foxx, uh, Will Ferrell, Randall Park was the big, yeah, the, big, the big dog. dog. And yeah. then, um, Isla Fisher. Yeah. Isla, Isla, Isla Fisher. Isla. Yeah. Um, Ron, I did Ron too. Howard, and then, Stoddard and the rest. Of and, uh, I had friends of mine say they're like, uh, Oh, I won't watch that movie. Cause it's like, every joke in that movie is just about them being dogs, which isn't far off. Like yeah, it's not far a off. lot of the jokes in this movie are just about them being, you know, it's like yeah. the peeing on stuff, the humping couches, which if those the... jokes are done well, I always, yes. love them. Like, and then family the guy has always done a really good job of like, yeah. With the dog jokes with Brian, the, the, the uh, the episode we watched the other day when, <laughs> when, uh, they talk about the kennel and Stewie. Oh, he's like, like, you smell funny when you get back from there. Yeah. You know, unless your dog gets a bath at the kennel, like he does smell like, you know, weird kennel smells. But, but yeah, I think dog like humor is funny. Yeah, there's also the one where uh, where Brian does something, he like curses or something, and Stewie's like, "Ooh, you're gonna go to doggy hell," and then it cuts to uh, <laughs> uh, just Satan with a vacuum cleaner, and all the dogs like barking at the vacuum and getting scared about it. But uh, yeah, I like I like that too. If anytime like if it's if you're a fish, you know, a Nemo, and you're making fish jokes or whatever. Whatever world I'm in, if I'm in the world of dogs, I like the clever execution of of jokes that are about cliches uh, with that said animal. Um, so I thought, uh, yeah, I did think the execution of some of those jokes were funny. But I wanted to bring up, we all watched Werewolf of London today, which was, um, I think it's a good segue into what we're watching next week, which is Wolfman. Yeah. I figure we'll, um, we will talk about it. like whether Yeah, we will. With- whether we want to or not, we're going to end up comparing it. it. Yeah. Um, well, because for the this is yeah. first time tonight I realized, oh no, like and it's not really a no no thing because I'm glad like we saw it, but the way you said like it's gonna be the similar effects from that to the next one. Like, oh, damn yeah. it. So we already kind of like spoiled like the transformation effects. Um and I guess it is, you know, it was Universal's like first swing at the werewolf. So um and I'm happy we watch it because now I have that context and uh 
and I liked it. I yeah. thought it was yeah. I, I didn't I didn't it mind fit it all. right in with what we were what we watch what we've been watching and uh, I like the effects a lot. I think it was a cool plot too. Had we covered it in the podcast, I think it falls like right over. Yeah, we would have been able to talk about that easily. Yeah, like, yeah. According to um, this month. But yeah, do you guys have any other recommend recommendations? Well, what about you, Dave? Um, No, I mean, I don't know. Just been rewatching um, the Resident Evils. Yeah, I, I feel like I am going to end up recommending those once I finish the whole thing. Um. But it's been an enjoyable experience for me. I think those are classic case of um, I liked the first three a lot when I was younger. Like, and when I like got older and more snobby about film, I was like, "This movie suck!" Like, and I never even really thought about going back to revisit them. And I felt bad even like when I was relogging uh, Resident Evil One. It was at a one star on my letterbox, so, you know, from probably the first day when you're it has you swipe through a bunch of movies. And I'm like, man, I was like, that's stuck up that I created this and I gave it a one star because I gave it a three now. But um, yeah, I don't know. Those movies are pretty, pretty dumb, slick action movies. Uh, and I, I really do think zombie stuff is some of my favorite horror subgenre. Um yeah, I've never played. I never watched the movie, but I've played the game. So yeah. I wonder whether or not I'm going to like it. If uh... Uh, I mean, it's very not. It's, it, it's the, different. They're right? not like the games at all. Um, okay. I remember that was something that disappointed me when I was younger. Uh, but they're I, still fun. Though, I right? yeah, I appreciate them for what they are. Like a hundred percent now. Um, and I have been enjoying this rewatch. I think I'm on the fifth or. I'm on the fifth one now, and uh, the fifth one's it's pretty awesome, actually. So, um, yeah. Well, nice. Uh, well, we'll be uh the next one. I'm very excited for it's my it's my favorite. Personal your favorite, favorite of all time, right? Um, of the classic Universal monsters, yeah. When we, ever, and we'll see. Um, after you know, after the whole miniseries is done, you know, maybe I'll if reevaluate. Yeah. That uh, and I I I look forward to the final ranking because I really do want to do a uh, final ranking, and that's why uh, we did a midway one. But I'll stop asking you guys until this mini series is done, because we got a couple. We got three left. We have three episodes left, so oh. um, doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah we so are. we'll see. We'll see. Um, we'll see what the rankings end up being. I'm excited now. Right now, it seems like we're all on the same page, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we have a podcast, but we all want to. Oh my god, I, I screwed that one up. Try that again. Second take yep. and action. Hey, we have a podcast, but we also have an Instagram. You can check us out at Podcorn and a Movie on Instagram. You could, you know, comment. Tell us what your favorite so far is of this month. And yeah, what, let us know what you guys, you guys uh, like of the ones do. we covered. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you for listening. We we appreciate it. And again, this is a huge milestone for us. A hundred movies covered. Is, yeah, that's is huge. Kind of crazy. Huge. I also I don't know if we've mentioned, but so far all of the movies we've covered are either on Peacock or Amazon Prime. Uh, if you do want to be following along, yeah, please follow along too. I mean, yeah. we try our best to do every plot and everything, but sometimes we get lost in our conversation. So if you want the full kind of effect of this podcast, watch along with us. It's it's always fun. 
also if you want to if you're uh the, there is like i said that set is available at uh your closest walmart target or on amazon.com there is the classic it was released this year the universal classic monster movie set with which includes all of the movies except for one that we are covering this month which would be monster squad that's but uh if you're a big horror, you know, a universal horror fan and you want to get that, it's like 50 bucks and you get the 30 movies. So you get all the originals and their sequels. So you can yeah. buy if that's something you're interested in. Definitely recommend it. We've been watching a couple of them and they're great. We've been watching them all month, actually. So, right. but we'll see you guys next time for The Wolfman. The Wolfman. See you guys. Oh.